Hi, my name is Steve Thomas, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged as together we open God's word and consider how it applies to our lives. As a kid, the day after Christmas was one of the absolute best days of the year. See, for us, we had Christmas at our household usually the night of the 23rd because we were traveling the next two days. So my parents would often have us go to bed and pretend that we were asleep. They checked to make sure our eyes were closed. And then we heard some rumblings as though some man in a red suit were bringing some gifts into our house. And then they would wake us up and we would have Christmas kind of late evening on the 23rd. And then on the 24th, we would go to our grandparents' house and we would break our cousin's toys. And then the next day, we'd go to our other grandparents' house and we'd break our other cousin's toys. And then we'd come home on the 26th and we'd get to break our own toys, right? I was amazing. You've been gone for a couple of days. You got to open your presents. Maybe you got to bring one with you in the station wagon. Anybody, anybody remember a station wagon? And nobody under 50 knows about a station wagon. Station wagons were SUVs that were a lot flatter. It's really the same idea. Think of an SUV. It's flatter. It's kind of the size of a car. Anyway, we take the station wagon to see our grandparents. We're gone a couple days, and uh, I'd usually sit in the, the very back. How many very back seaters in the station wagon? Yeah, praise God. Y'all know what that's about. That's where you can get away with anything pretty much and blame it on your sister. Um, anyway, we get back, and on the 26th, what we would do is you would actually get to play with your toys. I mean, you get the Legos out, you'd play, you'd get the games out, uh, you'd get, uh, you'd get your new bike, maybe you'd get to go for a ride, and you actually get to experience what you thought as a child was Christmas. Maybe that's you, maybe that's your memory as well, or maybe now, at this time in your life, the day after Christmas is a day maybe of just, oh, goodness, maybe you're not grateful it's over. But kind of, right? Oh, you don't, you don't say that, but you're kind of like, man, that was a lot. That was a lot. And maybe you evaluate and you say, man, how did that go? Wish I'd done this. Wish this person hadn't said that. Uh, wish we had done this different. And it was kind of a busy time. And, and maybe you kind of feel like, man, that, that was just kind of a, a blur. Starting at like the week after Thanksgiving, it just kind of went and now it's done and you can kind of even at that point think, is 2020 starting soon? Because I'd kind of like to start losing weight right now. And uh, I'd kind of start like to change in some things right now. And you, you may look at your spouse and go, and by the way, you need to change some stuff. So you've got five days to get ready. Um, and we just kind of move on. Christmas can be, even for the follower of Jesus, Christmas can be kind of a, a drive-by event. We, we talk about it, we go to some functions, we may even go to church, but did we really evaluate Christmas? Sometimes we miss Christmas because of Christmas. You know what I mean? We spend so much time doing Christmas that we don't actually really think about the real meaning of Christmas. Oh yeah, we've seen the movies, you know, and uh, we know the meaning of Christmas from A Wonderful Life. That means to appreciate what you have, right? That's that meaning. And we know it from Elf, which is... Embrace your past, maybe. Um, I don't know. Uh, sing loud for all to hear. I don't know which one. And then maybe from the white Christmas, what's the, what's the meaning there? 
Uh, the meaning is uh, honor your old war heroes, you know, um, or maybe don't let someone save you from a wall falling on you. If you're not familiar with the movie, you need to see it. Or maybe you should sing a song with your sister. So there's all kinds of meaning of Christmas out there. Oh, yeah, there's the hallmark meaning. We all know what that is. And that is you're probably going to find your life's mate where you least expect it, right? And it's probably somebody used to date. And we talked about that whole thing last week. But do we take the time to contemplate Christmas? What actually happened? What does it really mean? I think for those of us who've received the gift of salvation through faith and repentance, we like Christmas and we're excited about the fact that Jesus came, but it kind of gets lost in Easter, you know? We don't really know what, what's the, what, what happened at Christmas. Well, today we're going to contemplate Christmas. And before you leave here today, you will have had some time to consider really what happened and what we have as a result of Christmas. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. This is the, uh, one of the gospel accounts. It's one of the four stories of the life of Jesus. And in verse 15, big things have already happened, right? Mary's heard from an angel. Joseph's heard from an angel. They've gone ahead and come together, but not as man and wife. And, and they, they go to Bethlehem. Their baby is born, and it's born in some kind of a stable, carport, garage kind of thing. It's attached to a house, but it's not a very nice place. It's all they can really find. The baby's born. It's miraculous. And the shepherds have heard from the angel. The birth has been announced to these outcasts called shepherds. The angel has come. The shepherds are shocked. They can't believe it. There's this bright light. And then, then the veil of heaven is pulled back, and the, you can see these angels, and they're shouting glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And then we come to verse 15. The angels are gone. Look with me at verse 15 of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So this big thing happens and then it's over. It feels like it's over kind of suddenly, right? The, the angel appeared suddenly and then they're just gone. Can you imagine being out in a field and this bright light happening and seeing all these heavenly beings and, and seeing, seeing and hearing God glorified in the announcement of this incredible new king, which is what they would have understood when he said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ or Messiah. It would have been incredible. And this verse makes it sound like suddenly the angels are gone and the shepherds have a conversation. Uh, hey, did you see that? Was it just me? Or did you see that? Did we all see that? that that's kind of probably what they're saying. They said the shepherds were saying to one another, and it's like a conversation is going on. And I could imagine, if you've ever seen something amazing, you kind of want to look at the person next to you and go, hey, Adolfo, did you see that? Hey, Richard, did you, did, did, did I, was it just me? Did I just, did I just have some some bad porridge or something that I just ate? You know, what just happened? Was it a bad dream? Oh, no, they all saw. And they say, let us go. 
Let's go check it out. And isn't that what we ought to do? They don't say, hey, that's great to hear about it. We're excited that the new king is born. Uh, We'll go later, maybe when the sun comes up. Um, Maybe after we've had some more to eat. No, they said, let's go now. Let's go and see. And they go. And they find Mary and Joseph. And they find the baby lying in a manger, which is a really, really nice piece of furniture built for a baby. No, it's not, is it? It's a feeding trough. It's a food bowl for animals. The angel had told them, you're going to find the baby that's going to be wrapped in these strips of cloth, known as swaddling clothes, really, really kind of like rags. And you'll know this baby because it's lying in a feeding trough. And you may be wondering, this is kind of how my mind thinks, okay, so we're outside of Bethlehem. How do we find this baby? We go knocking on doors. Hey, hey, you got a baby in a manger here? Uh, maybe, but Bethlehem is not that big at this time. Maybe less than 1,000 people, maybe only three or 400 people. And so they go, and they probably just ask around, and they say, hey, have you seen a woman who's about to give birth? Does that happen tonight? And it probably doesn't take them very long. And they go, and they find out that what the messenger of God has said is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. It's confirmed. I want to encourage you. When you feel the prompting of God to go somewhere, to do something, to have a conversation with someone, to pick up the phone and say, hey, I just was thinking about you. I wanted to encourage you today. Do it. Don't wait for tomorrow thinking that's going to be a better time. The shepherds do go immediately, and they find out that what God prompted them to do is exactly what God said it would be like. I love that picture of going immediately and doing exactly what God said and finding out that he's absolutely faithful. Some of you do that when you give. You say, yeah, I don't know that I can afford this, but I'm going to give because you've prompted me to do that. I'm going to serve because you've prompted me to do that. I'm going to go talk to a neighbor and just try to bless them because you've prompted me to do that. And so they go and they find the baby, just as Jesus said. Now watch what they do after this. I love this. Verse 17, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And get this, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They go and they're just telling everybody. They're going down to, uh, they're, they're going down to Home Depot. They're going over to Publix. They're going over to Walmart. Wherever there are people, they're going down on the Ave. They're going down on the beach. And they're telling people, it's amazing. The Savior, the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for, this great king, has been born. And everybody who heard it, they wondered. And the word wondered here is not, hey, I don't know what you're saying. The word wondered is they were filled with a wonder or an amazement. They're like, "Ah, ah, that's incredible what you've just said to me. That's, That's amazing. We're excited. But notice what they do. They don't do anything. Wouldn't you expect that there would be this great mob of people showing up over there at the stable in Bethlehem? Hey, we're going to go see this king as well. We want to go pay homage to him. We want, we're excited. They don't 
They don't do that. They just wonder. Kind of sounds like Christmas today a little bit, doesn't it? You know, we can go to Christmas parties. We can go to Christmas events. We can go to Christmas performances. We can watch Christmas movies. We can talk about Jesus. We can talk about Christmas. We can wish people Merry Christmas. But do we go check him out? Do we show up at the manger? Do we show up to see who this Jesus is? Or have we just wondered about it and said, man, that's great. Isn't it great that Jesus was born? And we just kind of go over the surface and we don't go into any great depth about this Jesus. That's why I love verse 19. It says, with all this going on, people are excited. They're wondering. They're, they're, they're telling everybody, but no one's showing up. But Mary, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. It's the heart of this message. But Mary. Everyone else is, is hearing things and they're excited. No one's really showing But Mary. Just like the song the kids sing today. The kids sang, Mary, did you know what you had? This verse has Mary thinking about all these things. It says that Mary gathered up or treasured up or was careful to remember everything that has happened up to this point. Mary is thinking about everything that's happened until she came on the scene in chapter 1. And really, the first two chapters of Luke are all about Mary. She's really the central figure here. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Ladies, you remember, those of you who have had children, you, uh, you give birth, and then you forget about that child for about 15, 18 years, right? You don't pay any attention. No, you don't, do you? You know all about that child. You and that child are linked. You know everything. You're the expert of that child. You know when they first start to make sounds other than crying that might be, might be words, don't know, but we're going to count them, right? Especially if it's mama, not dada, right? Um, you remember all that stuff. You, you, you save the first lock of hair from the haircut probably, right? Um, you, you, you keep all those things. You remember everything there is about that child. Matter of fact, you can't get your mind off that child. That's a picture of what Mary is doing. You take what they do when they're young, and you, you see that, well, you know, she really loves to sing. She's not good at it, but she loves to sing, right? Or maybe she is good at it. Maybe she loves to dance. Maybe he's an athlete. Maybe he sings. Maybe he, and you kind of think, what's this going to mean? What's he going to be? And you kind of process that ahead, don't you? That's what Mary's doing. She's treasuring up all that's happened, and she's, she's holding it deeply in her heart, and she's thinking about what does this mean? Only Mary's got a lot more to consider than just a normal mother, doesn't she? There's a lot that's happened. We think about Mary. She knows already at this point that this baby, Jesus, is God with us. I want you to take in that reality. She knows that this baby is God with us. God, the God of the universe, has become a child. It's a human being. It, the baby that she's holding is literally the God of the universe. 
It's mind-blowing for her to think that. See, at this point, at Christmas, God moves from being this being who is omnipresent and that he's everywhere. He becomes very, very personal. He becomes flesh and bones. Mary knows that Jesus is God with us. Can you imagine what she must have been thinking? Okay, so everything I do, God's going to know exactly, right? This baby's never going away. I'm going to have this baby. It's God's going to be growing up in my household. God's going to be evaluating my care. God's going to be with me all the time. Can you imagine what she must have been thinking? Really, it's what we all should be thinking if you've received Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God lives within you. There is no hiding from him. Mary was the first to experience this closeness, I believe. And after that, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, God's people are filled with his spirit, that God is present. You see, Jesus' coming inaugurated the era of God with us in a very special way. Do you have a sense that God is with you today? God is present in you today. I think the first thing Mary was pondering was, Jesus is God with us. But then the second thing I think she's probably thinking is, okay, so if Jesus is God with us, you kind of have to wonder, did this really happen? Or was it just a dream? And then you start to think through all the things that confirmed what God was doing. First, she hears from the angel. That was amazing. And then she talks to Joseph, who had almost the same experience. I mean, it's so comforting when someone else has the same experience as you or they can see the same thing as you, especially someone you're betrothed to, which means you were legally engaged. That was a confirmation for her. And then she begins to notice that there's a baby growing inside of her. More confirmation. She goes and sees Elizabeth, her cousin, who is very old but having a child, which is amazing. And Elizabeth notices something in her, and she senses what God is doing in Mary as well. More confirmation. Then she actually has the baby, and shepherds show up, having received a miraculous vision from God. More confirmation. Has what God has been doing in you been confirmed by others? Have others seen and said, you know what, I've seen that in you. I know that God has changed you. I can see you grow. It's why the church is so important, because as we hang out together for many years, we can say, you know what, I can see the growth in your life. I can see the growth in your marriage. I can see your heart for other people. I can see Jesus at work in you. I hope that you feel a sense of confirmation that God is at work, that he is changing you, that he's moving you from where you used to be and helping you recover from that and pursuing who he wants you to be. So I think Mary was thinking, God is with us. It's been confirmed And then that God is accessible. See, Jesus' coming to earth has made God accessible to all kinds of people. Who is Mary? She's nobody. She's a teenager, maybe 13, 14, 15 in that range. She's not, she wasn't even really married when the angel came to her. She hadn't assumed any position in in the society, in the culture. Yet Jesus chose to use her. Who were the shepherds? They were outcasts. But God chose to speak to them and announce this birth of this child. See, 
Jesus is coming, made it clear that God is available to all of us. He is accessible. He's not far off, not someone you can't reach. He's someone who uses the lowest level people and all people and makes himself available. And there's one more thing she had to be thinking. I have a child now. You ever do that? You come home from the hospital. You went to the hospital without a child. You came home from the hospital with a child. And I know none of you would think this, but I was thinking, man, this is a big deal. And I wasn't even the mother. You're thinking, maybe we could take them back for a couple days just to get some rest. You know? Can't we just relax? This is a lot of work. Um, she's new mom. I got to care for this thing, this baby. I, I got to make sure that he's fed. I got to make sure that he sleeps, that he's changed, that he's warm enough. It's a nonstop job. I've got to care for the Son of God. I have an amazing responsibility here. The whole world is depending on me caring for this child. Very much like most of your mothers felt. I've got to care for this child. And she knows, though, that one day she's going to have to present him to the world. And that her care for this child is going to allow her to present him to the world one day. That's her responsibility. You see, at Christmas... God is with us. He comes to be with his people. He comes to save his people. And at Christmas, he confirms that coming through other people and through other circumstances. And at Christmas, we realize that God is accessible. And at Christmas, we realize that his comings means I'm compelled to share with others. I'm compelled to share his greatness with others. Let me ask you, if somebody could miraculously give you the golf skills of Jack Nicholas, would you not tell anybody? If someone could make you play basketball like Michael Jordan, would you just kind of keep it quiet and not tell anybody? I mean, if someone could help you sing like Frank Sinatra or whoever the greatest singer is today, and I don't even know who that is, I'm sad to say. Um, Justin Bieber, that's old, right? Um, oh, we've got, we've got people chiming in, Okay. People who are alive, preferably. Anyway, um, would you keep that to yourself? I love the recent movie yesterday about the, the guy who, if you haven't seen it, no movie's perfect, but it has a great, great story to it. The movie yesterday, there's an average musician who gets hit by a bus, and when he wakes up, he's the only one in the world who knows the Beatles' music. And so he begins to play the Beatles music, and he can't believe that no one's ever heard it. And because the material is so good, he becomes wildly popular. We have something way better than the Beatles and Jesus. We just need to figure out how to share it with the world. Over this next year, we're going to be, our theme is going to be make him known. How do I make Jesus this God who has come to live inside of me, who has confirmed it, who has used his normal people, how do I make him known? Well, it starts at Christmas by recognizing what we have in Jesus.
Thanks for joining us today. If this message spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or on social media. Just tag us at First Baptist Del Rey. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to fbcdelray.com. Hope to see you again next time. God bless.